If you want to follow along, we're going to begin reading a familiar passage of Scripture in Luke, the 12th chapter, Luke chapter 12, beginning in the 13th verse. Luke chapter 12, beginning in the 13th verse. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That was reading Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 13 through uh, 21 for our reading lesson tonight. And the thought that's on our heart tonight, and I hope that God will make it real to you much more than I can tonight, would be if I meet God tonight. If I meet God tonight. Looking at uh, the statistics of today and age and the census, if you look up the census of right now in this day and age, there's a, someone born into the world about every nine seconds. But there's also someone who leaves this world about every ten seconds. So, as far as we are knowing here today, we've been here tonight, every 10 seconds, most likely, according to the average, someone has passed from this life to the next. Tonight, I hope and pray that everybody that's in this house is ready to go. I hope that everybody, when they take their final breath and they will meet God, I promise you that according to the scripture, the Bible plainly teaches us that as soon as the spirit or the soul of man leaves his body, he is in the presence of God. And I can prove that according to uh, the word of God in Ecclesiastes. It tells us that in the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes. It lets us know that. Uh, Tonight, I want you to understand this. Uh, The wise man Solomon said in the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes in the 7th verse, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So the inner man is going to go back to God. Now, God is going to either send that soul to hell or he's going to send that soul to heaven. Uh, And that's where your soul is going to live on. There's no in between. It's either heaven or hell. And the important thing is, are you ready for that time uh, to be ended? Because it could very well be tonight. So I want you to ask yourself this question. If I meet God tonight, where will I meet him? Where will I end up? Where will my soul be? This 
man, Jesus gave a parable and He was encouraging the people here. He was letting them know uh, that people are so consumed with uh, the life and the things that their life consists of, of the possessions and things that they have. Uh, There was a man that came to Jesus and said, "Um, Lord, I want you to divide and tell my brother he needs to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, you need to stop being concerned about what inheritance you have on this side of eternity. And you need to be concerned about eternal ramifications of where your soul is going to be at when you leave the walks of this life. He told of this parable of this rich man in the world we live in. There's a lot of people uh, that are very wealthy as far as worldly standards are concerned, but they have no eternal dwelling place with God. And so God asked you tonight, and He asked all of us that are here tonight, if I were to meet God tonight, where would I be? Where would I be? You see, this man, Jesus gives us this example And this man had no concern about what was happening if he met God tonight. He had zero concern about that. Most of the people that probably came in the church tonight had zero concern about what would happen if I meet God tonight. But did you know uh, that there is a lot of people in this world that have met God right now, even as we've preached in this message, and they have came before Him. That spirit has returned to Him. And that soul of that inner man of that being, uh, because God has made us of the eternal uh, being inside of us to live on in either heaven or hell. And God has taken that individual. That body goes back back to the dust of the earth and he has placed it in either heaven or hell to be there until he destroys this world and the judgment comes uh, and then he's going to make it final completely where there'll be a body and a soul put together in that place for all of eternity but now that soul will live on that soul will live on tonight so I want to give you a couple of examples of people in the scripture with the help of the Lord. Two examples at least tonight of people that met God a very night. That God was made real to them. That uh, I believe that they knew that their time was coming to an end and God revealed Himself to them and He let them know that time was running out and that they needed to get things in order. So I want you to look at them with me tonight with the help of the Lord. In Daniel, there was a man by the name of Belshazzar. Most Bible scholars are going to know this and going to know about this. Most everybody here may know about it, but I want you to know about it tonight. In Daniel, the fifth chapter, it tells us there was a man by the name of Belshazzar, the king. Uh, The king of Babylon at the time, he most likely ruled uh, with his father who was there. Uh, But listen, his the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem.
Jerusalem that the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they besought the, how they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. Uh, you say, nobody here is doing that tonight. Uh, everybody here is in the house of God, and they come to worship God, and that's wonderful. Uh, but I want you to know tonight that if you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, according to the Gospel of John in the third chapter, uh, it tells us that the wrath of God abides on you already. You need to realize that if you are lost and separated from God, if you have not fully put all your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul, trusting in God and God alone, uh, then if you died in the condition that you're in, you will be no better than this man was this very day. I want you to realize that sin is sin and separated from God is separated from God. And if you're headed for hell, if you find yourself in that awful place, those that are there will be there eternally. There will be no a way to get out. Nobody's going to pray you out. Nobody's going to pay you out. Nobody's going to work you out. Once you're there, you're there. And I'm glad because once I'm in heaven, I'm there. And I'll be secured through and by a payment made on a cross of Calvary by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll be able to overcome Satan and all of his wicked workers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'll be there. Now listen, this man, he was a wicked, sinful king. He should have known better, but he was sinful. And he began to take the vessels of God's house and he drank, got drunk with them and he praised the gods of gold and of silver and of wood and of earth and all the other so-called gods in the world. You want to get God's attention then just reject His only begotten Son and don't recognize who God is and don't reverence Him and treat Him with disrespect and treat Him as as less than he is and you'll get his attention and he'll get your attention too. Listen. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. I want you to get a picture of what was taking place here. They were having a big drunk party, much like a lot of the world is today. Careless, not worried about anything that's going on. How many people today are just living it up. They're enjoying life to the fullest. No concern about what happens tomorrow. No concern about their soul's eternal dwelling place. And yet they take their final breath. And where are they? Only God in them know. Uh, but this man, he was not a bit concerned about if that was his last night until he saw the writing on the wall. You ever heard that saying? I believe this is where it come from. 
the writing on the wall uh, that God, I believe, came and that great big room, it was a huge room, so much so that about a thousand of those people could be in there and they, and they all saw the writing, I believe, but the king is the one that saw the hand upon the wall. My prayer tonight is that you that are lost and separated from God is that you will see the handwriting of God on the wall and you'll realize that tonight is your night and you need to make peace with God now because you may not have tomorrow. That you'll realize where you're at. Listen. The same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. Most likely he was so completely terrified he couldn't control his even knees were knocking together from fear of what he had witnessed and what he'd seen. A church we can pray that God's spirit would be so strong. I don't want to scare your children out of hell and into heaven. I can't do that. Uh, But I'm telling you this. When the Spirit of God gets a hold of an individual, He can bring them down and get them right to the place where they need to be, where they can trust in the Lord. I believe that the Spirit of God got a hold of this man. That he witnessed the power of God and what he could do. He says, then uh, the king cried aloud, to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known the interpretation thereof. Then was the king Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Now for the sake of time, I'm going to skip on down uh, to the 17th verse, but there was a queen that was there. She remembered about an old man by the name of Daniel uh, that truly loved the Lord, and that was a good, godly man. Uh, that for uh, Belshazzar's most likely grandfather, Father, uh, he had uh, let him know about dreams and he told him about the power of God and what God will do if men do not recognize who God is. I want you to know tonight, this was the most powerful nation in the world at the time, most likely. Uh, these people were ruling the world and yet God put them in their place. I wish today people would realize how small we are in the hand of a mighty God. How dangerous the ground that you're walking on. That you're just right on the edge of eternity. Listen, Daniel came. Verse 17, it says, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. 
O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom. He's talking about most likely his grandfather, but that's just the verbiage that it used. And majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up. And whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up. And his mind hardened in pride. He was deposed from his kingly throne. And they took his glory from him. God put King Nebuchadnezzar in his place. My heart's desire for you tonight. If you have not fully surrendered. Fully repented. And believed on the Lord Jesus with all your heart. Is that God would show you. Who you are. What you are. What you need and you need Jesus tonight. You need Him. With all your heart, you need Him tonight. Listen, it says, His glory was taken from Him. And He was driven from the sons of men. And His heart was made like the beast. And His dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed with Him uh, grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till He knew I believe that every person here, I believe every person that's ever born in this world will know this, that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men and that He appointeth over it whomsoever He will. Why do I say that everybody will know that? Uh, the Roman letter tells us in the 14th chapter of Romans, I believe it's the 11th verse, that every knee shall bow to Him and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Everybody is going to recognize who he is and they're going to reverence him. Well, you will either on this side of eternity or the next. You will recognize and reverence the Lord. Now listen. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. Daniel's saying, you knew better, but has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven they have brought out the vessels of the house before thee, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Many, many, teko you Pharisee. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Now, uh, he told Daniel, he said, if you can interpret this dream, I'll make you the third ruler in the kingdom. I'll make you rich. I'll give you a prominent wealth. Daniel was most likely an old man at this time. He didn't care about those things. He wanted to serve the Lord and please God. He said, don't give that to me, but give it to somebody else. But the king seems like he wanted to hold up his end of the bargain and he just... He's, I think, pleased that he found out what the writing was. And he thought, it seems like, 
Well, I'll have time to do something about it. Maybe I'll have time to prepare and get ready so that nobody can take this kingdom from me. And uh, the walls of Babylon and the uh, structure thereof are so strong that nobody can penetrate and uh, come and take this kingdom. I'm, I'm okay. I'm safe in the palace walls and I can do all I need to do. Tonight, I want you to know that nobody's safe. Death is going to come knocking one day. It might be tonight. It may be tomorrow. I don't know when it'll be. But if it's tonight, if it came knocking at your door, what would happen if that death angel came a knocking? I'm thankful to say tonight that if the death angel comes knocking at my door tonight, all I can say is, thank you, Lord, I'm hunted home. I know where I'm headed, not because of my pride, not because of anything I've done or any good that I've done in this life. It's nothing about me. It's all about Jesus who paid the price for me that I could have eternal life. When I put my faith and trust in Him, He uh, rewarded my diligence in seeking Him. And He, those that seek after Him, if you'll fully trust in Him and put your faith in Him, He'll re- Reward that seeking and He'll help you to put all your faith and all your trust. And He'll grant you the grace in order for you to be saved. Listen, this man, he said, well, you told me, the, you told me what's going to happen. The writing's on the wall. Then commanded Belshazzar and they clothed Daniel with scarlet just like he promised I don't know if maybe he thought, well, if I take care of the man of God, maybe God will spare my life. I don't know what he was thinking. And put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. But what happened? That night, his soul was required of him. That very night. You see, not every time is a judgment executed speedily upon the sons of men. That's why their hearts is set to do evil. A people, they lay up evil and they don't, uh, they don't regard God. And at uh, the end of time, they don't think about uh, their life because they say, well, God is not dealing with me now. I won't have to deal with that right now. I want you to know, judge, justice and judgment will be served. God will not leave things undone. He will not. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Midian took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. This man, his time was up. Did he ask a question? When he was there drinking out of the vessels, having a party, there did he ask a question. What would happen if I meet God tonight? I can only fathom. When He came in the presence of a holy and just God. That He had most likely rejected. Although He knew. I believe Nebuchadnezzar got saved at some point in his life. You can see it in the evidence of his testimony. How he knew that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. He trusted in God. He even shows us in the scripture of how he made proclamation. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow to his golden image. He said there's no other God like the God 
God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Belshazzar, no doubt, had heard about the truth, had heard about the true and living God, yet he didn't think he would meet him that night. But he met him that night. He met him. And it was too late for him. If he didn't repent immediately, uh, and he didn't turn to God, most likely immediately he lifted up his eyes in hell. Begging God to be merciful to him, but it was too late. You don't have to be that way tonight. If you take your final breath, you say, well, I've got plenty of life left. You may do it. But Jesus could come back at any moment just as well. And he'd be just in doing that. But death is no respecter of persons. We just witnessed just last week, about a week ago, of a a crazy person going into a school, a Christian school, and murdering six people. I'm telling you folks, we're living in the perilous times that the Bible teaches about, and it may not come with old age, and death could come anywhere fashion upon us. Every every day, I hear more people that have been diagnosed with cancer or any of these other illnesses. I'm telling you, death is knocking on all of our doors sooner than we realize it's coming and you know what if you're prepared it's going to be okay the more we push for the Lord's cause I believe we'll face more sore persecution we'll see more things against the truth of God's word we're witnessing that Why do you think this individual went to a Christian school? I don't know what her motive was, but you have to wonder if she didn't hate God and the people of God of the things that transpired. Folks, we got to be ready. We got to be ready. Acts in the seventh chapter, I want to tell you the opposite side. If you're ready. You see, you're either prepared or you're not prepared. You're either ready when that final breath comes or you're not. I heard a sister give a testimony last weekend at Hilltop's Revival about her own grandmother. Her own grandmother. One lady was praising God about her mom who... She was saying what she was saying over there. We've heard countless stories of people that have nearing the end of life's journey, and you can they may not say that they see anything, but you people that are saved that are ready to go, you've been around them, there's just a peace that comes over them. That God is going to take them home. I believe the scripture in the 116th division of Psalms, when the psalmist said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I believe believe with all my heart there is a peaceful welcome for the children of God when they come home and I can prove that according to the scriptures Uh, but there was a sister that uh, told that and then one of the other sisters said my grandmother it wasn't like that she'd always told me that I'm okay don't worry about me But at the end of her life in that hospital bed, she called out to her granddaughter and said, get them off me. Get them off me. I don't, I can't, I get them off me. And she'd kick out of the bed trying, just get it off of her. Folks, hell is just as real as heaven is. 
it is the end of our life, that soul is leaving that body and it's going to either heaven or hell. That's the way it is. It's one of two places. Now, this man was by the name of Stephen. When they looked at him, they said, looks like he had the face of an angel. I would sure love to get to know Brother Stephen. I will one of these days. But old Stephen, he was preaching the gospel. He was a deacon. But I, if that wasn't a message, I don't know what was. He was preaching the gospel to those people that were there. Those Pharisees, those rulers, he was telling them as just like it was. And towards the end of his sermon, he says in the 51st division of the 7th chapter of Acts, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do ye. Which of the prophets have you not have your father have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it and when they heard these things they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth they literally started biting Stephen is the way I understand that. Gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. You see, those that are prepared... That if, if I were to meet God tonight, I believe that's what I'd see. I believe with all my heart I would see God. And His beloved Son, I would see Him. In His glory, I would be able to witness Him. Listen. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I told you what uh, Solomon said, uh, that that inner man, that spirit, that soul of man, uh, when he leaves that body, he goes back to God, Stephen said. Lord, just receive my spirit. I want to be with you. Isn't that what happens for the saints of God? We go and be with the Lord. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He gave up the ghost. He went to be with the Lord. That body went back to the dust. But that soul went on to be with Jesus. If you were to meet God tonight, which of these two would be your fate? Would you be like Belshazzar was? That most likely lifted up his fruitless cries in hell. Didn't repent. Realized what was going on. Realized that his time was up. Realized the... Uh, the ramifications of his sin and how that he had went against God and did nothing about it, it doesn't seem like. 
Or would you rather be like Stephen, who had got things right with God long before he ever preached this message? You don't wait until the end of life and just hope that there's a scale that outweighs the good and the bad. What did they tell? What did Daniel tell Belshazzar? He said, you're weighed in the balances and you're found wanting tonight. There is no amount of good deeds that can overwork and overdo the bad and the sin which we've committed our righteousness is filthy rags in the eyes of God it takes the righteousness of Jesus Christ takes God's own son's righteousness that's what has to be imputed inside of your heart God only can do that he alone can do that so what is your response that if I was to meet God tonight where would I be what's your response to this Are you going to do like you normally do and maybe shrug it off and say, I won't meet God tonight. Every 10 seconds, somebody is meeting God. Every 10 seconds, somebody is meeting God. I pray they're all ready, but according to the Word of God, I know they're not. I know they're not. Bible teaches us that straight in the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. There's just a few that have sought the Lord and have fully trusted in Him with all of their heart and know that they're headed to the Lord. And then wide and broad is the way. There's a wide road that leads to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. I'm glad I found the narrow way of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's only through and by Jesus. Don't complicate this tonight either. You just need Jesus. You just need Him. You need to want Him more than life itself. And you need to get it right tonight. Paul told us, he said, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time to seek the Lord. Even Isaiah, he was quoting Isaiah when he said that. In Isaiah, the 49th chapter, he said in the 8th verse, Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee. I believe with all my heart that there is an acceptable time to seek God. And it's now. It's now is the time that's accepted. Uh, When Noah was building the ark uh, for some 120 years, there was an acceptable time to hear the message from the preacher of righteousness and people neglected to hear the message and and they looked as the boats floated away and they desired to get on. But it was too late because they didn't get on in the acceptable time. Acceptable time have I heard thee. And in the day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee and give thee uh, for a covenant of the people to establish the earth. To cause to inherit the desolate heritages. There's a set time. I hope and pray that you've prepared yourself and gotten ready now. I know this message may have been a lot more geared to those that are not ready. But what would happen if I, a saved individual, would meet God tonight? We don't ask ourselves that very often, do we? But I think we should. 
When I look at the apostles and I see their lives, I see individuals who thought that Jesus would come back tonight. People who expected the Lord to come back in that cloud of glory that they saw Him ascend away. They lived with purpose and expectation of what was going to take place. And whether He came back or whether their life was over, they lived with a purpose that today was the only day that they had to share the gospel. They lived it. They lived it. I pray that we would. I pray that we would realize that if, if I were to meet God today, what would be His response to me? Truly, He would look upon my soul and He would see the blood of His dear Son and He would accept me in. Thank the Lord. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm afraid the response would be, You've been a little faithful. You haven't been real faithful, but you've been a little bit. You've done a little for me. But you know you could have done a lot more. Matthew, the 24th chapter says, the 42nd verse, watch. Therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of blood on some of our hands, mine included, of the neglect of being the watchman that God has set us to be. He says, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Me. If you're a child of God, especially a member of the Lord's church, it's you. It's our responsibility to make sure to give them the meat in due season. What's he talking about? The Word of God. We need to make sure that everybody knows the truth. He says... Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't believe he's talking to save people. I believe he's talking to unsaved people that hadn't prepared themselves, hadn't got themselves ready. But I do believe that we can lose some of our eternal rewards in heaven if we are not willing to be about the Father's business, to be watching, to be alert, to be aware, to be pointing lost souls to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If you were to meet God tonight, if I were to meet God tonight, where would I be? Where would I be? Would I be in heaven or hell? Have I got my heart right with God? I pray that if you haven't, please get things right tonight because tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. You have tonight. You have this opportunity. Won't you seek God?
Let's have a song if we can. Everybody mind the Lord tonight. Whatever God wants you to do, you follow the Lord with all of your heart. Just mind the Lord tonight. God bless each one of you.